So let's go to Daniel, if you have your Bibles. Talking about the process of the coming kingdom. The process of the coming kingdom. A lot of emphasis right now is being placed on your kingdom come, your will be done. In this house, this is the main emphasis of the Dream Center right now. Is we're seeking, we are pursuing God's kingdom. I'll tell us start again. Seriously, hear what I'm saying. This is, this is exactly that. When the word comes, you must be ready. Right. Let's wind the tape back. Let's go again. There's a lot of emphasis placed on God's kingdom and it needing to come. Not just in the earth, but in your life. God's got a, God's got a, a predestined, determined will that says his kingdom will come. And if it doesn't come in David's life, it will come in Melanie's life. Because God has determined that it will come. It will come. The only difference is, is will we be the generation? That's the, that's the question. Will you become the generation? We can sing songs about it. See, declaring is easy. Open your mouth and say it. But demonstrating it, ah, that takes a different breed of people. Most of the church can declare most people were used, in our, were used in our nation to standing in a court and repeating what someone asked you to repeat. Hold the Bible in your right hand, repeat after me. I, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth. Nothing but the truth, so help me, my almighty God. Okay? We're used to saying pledges. We're used to saying um, resolutions. We're used to repeating after people. But can we truly demonstrate what we say? Can we back up? Have we got the substance? Well, God's got the substance. God's got the substance. Why? Because he's got people on the earth who, will, who are willing to carry and bring this kingdom. And when we say kingdom, it seems so big and so massive. We think, I don't want to stand the kingdom. Fine. That's why you need a revelation. If you can understand everything by natural deduction, you don't need God. You just need education. Education, for all it's good, and it does do good. Yeah, let's not demean it. For, even though it's got flaws, for all it's, it's, it's good, it's still, it's still insignificant compared to God. God has put a cap on man. Man's knowledge can only go so far. God has put a cap on man's knowledge. Why? Because God is God and man is man. Because if, if, if man could be superior to God, then the potter, I said the clay, would be speaking to the potter when it has no right to do so. So God has to make sure that this kingdom comes in someone's generation and we have decided that it's going to be ours. I have decided in my own life and Carol's decided in her own life, so that means together we've decided our household will have the kingdom. Now I know that doesn't always meet with popularity in some circles, certainly in our family at times. My son and daughter sometimes don't like what we do, but guess what? When you come into my house, welcome to a different kingdom. That's it. That's dad. This is dad's way, he's not changing it for his children. Because I'm supposed to be the example to my children, not the other way around. Amen? So Daniel says this, When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, so Daniel chapter 2, verse 14, When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. There's something that we don't see a lot of. Wisdom and tact. Yeah, I like that tact. 
He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariok then explained the matter to Daniel as the, Daniel went to the king and asked for a time so that he might interpret the dreams for him. What's happened is that the king's had a dream. No one can interpret it for him. His astrologers, his, 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 his conjurers, all the uh, astrologers, uh, what did I say? There's four types, astrologers, conjurers, magicians, and satraps, whoever they are. They all come to the king, and not one of them can explain to the king. And the king says this, look, I've had a dream. If you can tell me what it is, I'll give you great wealth and glory. But if not, you're gone. I'm going to kill you. Well, tell us the dream, O king. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You tell me what I saw. Well, just explain it to us. No, 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 no. You're not hearing. Tell me. If you really are, and you really do have the power that you say you have on the earth, tell me what I, what I saw last night, what I've been dreaming. But if you explain it to me, you'll try and explain it away. But if you can tell me without me revealing it, then I know you tapped into something rather than just being tapped. Yeah? <laughs> so the story goes on. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends. And I am Michelle. Michelle, yeah, Michelle. There's a Michelle in the Bible. A Michelle. And Azaria. He urged them to plead for mercy from God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, so it was in the night, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom, power are his. Well done, Daniel, that's a history lesson. He changes the times and season. He sets the kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells in him. I thank and praise you, O God, my father, my fathers, you have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you, and you have made known to us the dream of the king. What a powerful scripture. There are questions that people have in your circle of life that only you can reveal. Stay close enough to the people in your circle and you'll find in their heart there are many questions. Hello? There are many concerns. There are many troubles. There are many emotions just sitting underneath. They've not yet come out but they will come out. And there are questions that only you have the answer to. And you better be able to go to the king, meaning Christ, and get the word of the Lord for them so that you can reveal the king to them. And when you reveal the word of the Lord to those people, the kingdoms come. Christ has been revealed. That's how easy it is. That's how easy it is. Someone has a question, they're in darkness. Things are troubling them. They have no way of finding out what you know. But God has put you in a circle around people. He's put you in a company. He's put you in a family. He's put you in a neighborhood. He's put you in a nation. He's given you internet. He's given you all kinds of things, a phone. He's given you a circle of life. And there are people in your circle that need to know the dream of the king. And you have the answer for what they don't know. People are ready to commit suicide. People are at their wit's end. People don't know how to make it through life. But you have 
the dream of the king. You have access to the king. So you can get a word from God that can set the captives free. And when you release that word to those people, today the kingdom of God has come upon you. And you and I think, well, I'll look stupid. Someone's nearly dying here and you're worried about looking stupid. You'll never know how serious the matter is until you reveal the word. You see, when we run the surgery on a Wednesday, Jenny's job, and when, Gwen, this is, this is how I set this up. Their only job is this. They have one job. Well, it's not call it a job, it's called it a responsibility. One responsibility. When Gwen runs the surgery, when she runs, what do you call yours? Carer, Care support. And Jenny runs, we call it the police surgery, but that's going to change. They have one job. Hear the word of the Lord for the people in the room. That's all you have to do. Don't become a tease maid. That's not your job to become a tease maid. That's your, that's your good kindness to make tease for them. But that's not your job. Your job is to hear the word of the Lord. And when God gives you a word, share it with them. That's it. Get out of there. Then your job's finished. And if God doesn't give you a word, make tea. Do something constructive. Right? Give them a biscuit. Give them a cup of tea and then give them the word of the Lord. That's all you're there for. How simple is that? Because we get so caught up in serving, becoming a tease maid that we forget why we're there. So their job is to be prophetic, to stay in that room, wait on God. Lord, are you saying anything? Who are you saying it to? Give me the word. Give me the opportunity to say it to the person. Then I've been used on that Wednesday, God, I did your word. I was your man on the ground. I said what you told me to say. How hard is that? So you're going, it's flipping hard. No, it's not. That which I received from the Lord. Why should you receive it all and not distribute it? Why should you expect God only to speak to you for you? Why should it only be for you and not for others? Why can't you be a conduit? Come on. The kingdom will never come if it just comes to you. The kingdom has to come through you to others. This is how simple making the kingdom known is simple. I am the light where I work. I am the light in my family. I carry a portion of light. Right. So when that light decides to shine, when ET decides to glow and says, there's no, no home, home, just Put your, put your hand out and say, you know, can I just say something? I'm a Christian, I hope you don't mind, but I just really sense this. And just leave it with them. Don't get all spiritual on them. Well, I beseeched the Lord last night, and the Lord spoke to me with angels. Hey, nutter, shh. I came to them with wisdom and tact. So use some. Yeah? Very often when I get a word for people, I have to... I think about how I'm going to deliver it. Yeah? I don't just put a piece of paper, throw it on the floor and run. That's how some of us would like to do it, but that's not the way to do it. We've got to think. Daniel had wisdom and tact. Jesus had wisdom and he had tact. At other times, he just had wisdom and I'm just going to be in your face. You don't need to be in your face unless someone... Is put is in your face, but then you still need wisdom. Amen. So some years ago, we courageously changed the name of our church 
from Bethel Christian Center to the Dream Center. Now, that name shocked and disappointed some of you and surprised and blessed others. The lesson we learned from carrying out such an action was obedience must come before an explanation. And God doesn't have to explain himself when he's requiring obedience. It's only you and I that think we should get an explanation. Well, at least I deserve an explanation. That's your opinion. If you are a servant of Christ, obedience, that's it. God just might explain himself. Yeah? So when God speaks his preceding word from heaven, so let's say the preceding word, in case you don't know what it is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's the word that we really feel heaven is speaking to us. And that breaks down into three areas, which I'll say in a minute. How does that, what does that mean? What does it look like? Well, okay, I'm glad you asked. We'll make it known to you in a minute. But the thing is, thy kingdom come, that's the preceding word. That's the word that's taken us beyond flesh and blood. Yes? That word comes so that we will continue on in what has already started. That's why it's proceeding, it's ongoing, it's continual. That's what proceeding word is. Just to keep you on track, in your race, on time, keep you relevant, keep you dynamic, keep you supernatural. The word comes to keep the momentum going. Amen? So that's why the word, thank God there's an open heaven that we can receive that kind of word. Amen? So we are where we are today because we embrace that change. Hello? You know, when you look at the name Dream Center, let's face it, we got off really lightly. You look at the names in the Bible, and you think you got a rum deal. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, we got the Dream Center. We got off really lightly. You know, it always makes me laugh when I see some of these new churches. Church of the Apostle of the second generation, of the second coming, of the third fruit-bearing Christianity. I think, what, what is the name? It's that long. I've got a clue. We've got the Dream Center. Easy. Now people say, well, it reminds me of a bed shop. Some people say it reminds me of a new age. At least they're talking about us. When it was called Bethel Christian Center, nobody even knew you were here. At least would provoke something. But I didn't call it the Dream Center. God did. And I can honestly say it was not of me. And we've realized that we are where we are today is because of what we embraced when it was said. Hold on to that. You are where you are today because you embrace what was said yesterday. If you don't embrace what was said yesterday, or even today, because the Bible says today when you hear the word of the Lord, if you don't embrace what you hear today, you'll stay where you are. You won't be where God needs you to be. That's why when the word comes, you must be able to take hold of it immediately. Because when you lock on to spirit words, they take you places. They do. They take you out of darkness and put you into light. They take you out to pit, out the pit and put you on the solid rock. They take you out of sickness and bring you into health. They take you out out, out of poverty and put you into abundance. They take you out of fear and put you into peace. This is why you must lock on to words when they come to you. And you sit there, well, I won't write that down. Don't write something down if you don't intend to use it. 
Because this is not pen and paper exercise. Jesus said, my words are life and health to those who find them. Not to those who write them down. To those who find them. Because the word has to be caught in the spirit. So, the kingdom must be emphasized. This kingdom must be God is making the dream known. Now, here's the thing. Watch. Go back in Daniel, verse 23. I thank and praise you, O God, my fathers. You have made, you've given me wisdom and power. You've made known to me what we asked of you. You've made known to us the dream of the king. Just stop there and think about this. The kingdom has to come. But it has to go through a process. Here's the process. Watch. You've made known to me what we asked of you. There's a me, there's a we, and there's a you involved. A me, a we, and a you involved. And you made known to us the dream of the king. How many people are involved there? There's a me, there's a we, there's a you, and there's an us. Think about that. So when God was about, when, when the king was about to do something, and he was about to ki- kill those magicians and um, astrologers, Daniel took pity. Daniel was the man on the ground that was able not only to save the lives of those young men, but able to get into the palace and get the ear of the king. Yeah? And Daniel said, okay. He went, if you read the story, he went in and he told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego what was going on, and they prayed together. They began to pray, and they began to get the word of the Lord, and they concluded together that this was the word of the Lord, but Daniel had to go and deliver it. Okay? So that we get the word of the Lord together, but you have to go and deliver it. Say that again, it was so good. We get the word of the Lord in here, and you have to go and deliver it. Some king out there, some princess out there, is waiting for you to go and deliver what we, what God has made known to us. What God is making known to us, we must make known to others. There's no point in sitting here and just recording and taking notes if we will not make it known to others. It's wrong, it's unfair, and it's actually very unfair. So here he goes. He goes, what we asked of you. So next Sunday, we will come and ask something of God. Corporately. Yeah? And God will make it known to us. But then individuals have to go and take it out. Is that not fair? So when the kingdom goes from me... So as I'm, if I'm the pastor, and, or whoever the speaker is, if that man has waited on the Lord, and he's got the kingdom word from, for, for the church, it's in him first. He had, to go and, he had to go and get it from the Lord. Right? So we started off with an individual. The individual now approaches the congregation. So now it's we. Watch. We are sat here together listening to this. When you capture it, it becomes you, but when we capture it together and work in it, we become us. The kingdom then becomes in us. We listen to it, but it's only as we demonstrate it, it becomes in us. The church has got to come from we, from me to we to us. 
Watch this. If the word can only come through one man to one individual in the church, then me and him or me and her are the only two. We always listen to the word, but it's us who have to carry it and capture it. So is there a kingdom mentality in your heart this morning? Only you can, can answer that. So I'm delivering it just like Daniel. I got this word. I might sometimes, when I'm in the gym, I might talk some of this through with Phil. So then there's we. We're talking it through. So he might catch it. He might spark me. I might spark him. So we carry it. And when we see Paul, we talk with Paul. If we see Andy, we talk, we talk, we talk this word with, with whoever we feel we can talk this word through. Okay? Iron sharpens iron. But when it's delivered, it's the royal we. But... If this church is going to become a true powerhouse, it's got to become an us. It can never be about me. It can never be about we. It's got to be about him and us. He works. That's what the Bible calls a corporate household of faith. The corporate household of faith is us. There's more than one. There's more than two. But, 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 if two or three gather, there I am. So if the us is three, it's not dependent. He didn't say how many have to constitute the us, but the emphasis should be on the us. We must carry it. So when the kingdom comes, in Matthew 6.10, it says, your kingdom, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because this is the will of the Father. Come on, uh, sorry, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If the kingdom is to come and the will of the Father is to be made known, it must go from me to we and through us. It's got to go through us. So if you go to 1 John chapter 1, I'll show you how that works. Watch this. The Bible really is a principal book. So has everybody caught that? Starts off with you. So when you release the word to your neighbors, to your family, or whatever it is, whatever God gives you, you're going from me to we. Okay? That's how it's got to be multiplied. It goes from me to we. What, how that person receives the word is not your issue. You're just the postman. Deliver the word, leave it unless they ask you for more clarification. Don't explain the word, because it's not your job, it's not your word to explain. Hello? You explaining it and giving your opinion will dilute and contaminate what God's saying. Hello? Leave the word. If it doesn't make no sense, and guess what? You've not got the right word. Be big enough and bold enough to know, you know what? Maybe I didn't hear right. Have you ever had a, long, a wrong letter delivered to your house? Right. So you can deliver a wrong letter to somebody else's house. So in 1 John chapter 1, that which was from the beginning. Let's count them now. Okay. The we's are over here. So when I shout, when you hear the we, put your hand up. We'll count. When you hear the word uh, our in the middle, put your hand up. 
when you hear the word, you, you guys put your hand up. And let's see how this word has to go, the process this word has to take. Okay? That which was from the beginning, what we heard. Okay? No, someone put up, one start the ball, and then as you hear it again, put another, and we'll count how many at the end, okay? What we heard, which we have seen with our eyes. Just one, if you see one, just put one hand up, one up, and then the next, start from the front, then you can all see then. Right, you start the front, our. It's hard work, isn't it? It's a role play, I know, but stay with me. Which we, it's another we, have looked at and our, another hour, hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. This light, this life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim it to you. And we have seen it so that you may also have fellowship with us. We got another us? Okay. And our fellowship, we need another group. Our, <laughs> our fellowship is with the Son Jesus Christ. And we write this to make our joy complete. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight over here. Wees. Nine, sorry. Nine wees. How many got here? One, two, three, four. What are you lot? The hours. You're the hours. Use. So you can see, just in that one excerpt of a scripture, how the kingdom had to go from we, ours, and us. You, sorry. And you. Think about that. It can't just come to me. There was no me there. There was no me. There was we, our, and us, and you. But there was no me. They'd all received an equal portion, and they were making it known to others. The kingdom was carried by a group of people. And they were making it known, and they just shared as they went along, so that others could join in, and that their joy could be complete, and so that others could have fellowship with them. Do you want some of your friends and family to have fellowship with you? then you've got to make the joy complete. You've got to get the ministry to them. You've got to get the word, deliver the word. Well, I don't know what to say. Open your mouth. Say what you feel in your heart. Listen, we've all had to come the same way. We've all had to come the same way. I do not see, I do not see angels dancing in the room before I speak. I don't. I don't, the room doesn't shake. I don't see a mighty warrior stood in the corner with his sword saying, proclaim the word of the Lord to him. No, you don't see all that? No, I don't. I just go by the inner prompting of the Holy Spirit. I've learned to train my spirit to inner promptings. Have you ever had, been in a shop and you just felt someone's come in your mind so strong, something's come in your mind strong, and you think, Instantly gets your attention and you move towards that direction. Anybody been like that? Right. That's how it is with the Holy Spirit. But what happens is, is the longer you debate it and, and, and uh, get your opinions, it will leave you. You can be confused. You work by 
the prompting. When I'm in the building of the Spirit and I'm leading the meeting, I don't have time to say, Lord, leave the audio message on my machine and I'll get back to you. I have to work by the promptings of the Spirit. It's like playing, literally I'm going from one stone to another, like that. Boom, 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 boom. And I don't know how, whether it is the word of the Lord, I just learned that I'm going to respond to it. And as I respond to it, I get the picture and I see it. Now, sometimes when I'm prophesying, if you start thinking about prophecy, you'll opinionate it. And you'll add you in it. And then it becomes flesh. And then we don't want flesh. So that which I receive from the Lord, I give unto you. That's how, this is how this kingdom is made known. It's made known by faith. It's made known by courage. And it's made known by seizing the opportunity. Amen. So we can see in this scripture here that the we's, the ours, the uh, you's, and us are all inclusive. The kingdom cannot just come to one person. It must be corporate. It must be corporate. This is why, church, let's go back to authentic sonship. Define the core. We need to find out who the we is. Who is the our? And who are the us? Because outside of the core is the me. There's only the me. The me's not interested in in being the core. The me only wants me. It only wants me. Daniel realized that the king is brassed off. He's going to kill people. So I'm going to go with the core guys I know who can hear the Lord. We're going to have a prayer meeting. I'm going to share my concern. Look, guys, three guys' lives are on the, the line here. Or four guys. Lines, lives are on the line here. We need to pray. Let's use this opportunity. Let's get a word from heaven so we can spare them and stop the king being uh, brassed off. Yeah? So they all agreed together. But Daniel, but they said, Daniel, but you go and tell him. Why? Because Daniel had, Daniel had the position to do that. Daniel had the, apo- uh, the opportunity to do that. I'm listening to, to, to some Malaysian English too long. Apochini. Opportunity. He had the opportunity to do that. God's going to give you opportunities to say things, but you're going to want others to go for you, but you have the word. This year, you must, 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 please, 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 don't. The fruit of authentic is it must get you of your blessed assurance. Listen, Jesus is yours. Okay? You've got to get off your backside and go and do something with this word. If all you do is sit here, take notes, we stop. That's not discipleship. Disciples, go. Tell people. I'm not asking you to, to carry a cross through the street. I'm not asking you to get a microphone and a, and a beatbox in the middle of Piccadilly. I'm not asking you to do backflips. I'm not asking you to, speak, to preach on the street. I'm not asking you to look stupid. I'm asking you to let the Holy Spirit lead you in your daily life alongside people that you work with all the time. See, they're already up. I'm asking you to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, give me a word for someone in our work. They become too familiar with you and you become too familiar with them that you're now frightened to be a light. So if God might have to move you, oh God, you can't move, now my job, God will have his will. And if God has to move you to another place just so that he can work, start a new work in you, then God will do it. 
Don't worry about where you work. Just know the fact that you will work. God will find work. If he sees there's a kingdom inside of you, God will work. God, will be, God has already begun a good work in you, and it must be brought through to the day of finish. Yeah? And if you want to keep going under, this, under, under the radar, I don't want anybody to know about my faith, guess what? Shame on you. Don't come in here, declare, tell me that you're going to take the nation, sing all the, all the songs, the Tranford songs, but you won't go and tell somebody. I know you're nervous. There isn't anybody who hasn't been nervous. But the Holy Spirit has to give you boldness. So, as the kingdom comes, Christ must be continually revealed. So, here's the preceding word. The kingdom come, your will be done. It breaks down. How? How does the kingdom come? Christ must be revealed. First, first one. Christ must be revealed. The kingdom has to have a name. It has to have a person. It has to have a kingdom. This person has a kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God. So this Christ that you're revealing and making known to people is real. You're his representative. You're his ambassador. And you opening your mouth is now God making his appeal through you. Amen? It only takes, here's the key, it only takes one man to reveal Christ. One man, one woman, one person, a little child. One person to reveal. And when the one person, when there's many one people, or one person, that's right, there's many one person all together doing it, we become we and us. Yeah, it doesn't sound right, does it? Okay, you know what I mean. You know what I'm trying to say, don't you? Many persons acting individually, that's probably better. Many people acting individually to make the kingdom, then the house becomes an us. Becomes an us. It's powerful when you read scriptures like this and you see God never makes it about one person. The kingdom's always about more people. It only takes one person to reveal the dream of the king. Just one person. One. So God began to use me first. It was me he began to throw that arrow at, that javelin at, hit me. Boom. Dream centre. When we made it the dream centre, by that time we hadn't been to Australia, had we? As soon as we embraced that, I made the dream of the king known. I was going to Australia the first time, began to take us to another level. Then God began to put things in our treasure chest. We began to see things. I realized that things were already in us. God had already put those things inside us, but we didn't know they were there until we saw something on the other side of the world. And it's not as if we had to take a book, give us a CD, a book. No, we realized God had already put those resources inside us. All that you need for, life, for godly life was already put inside you, but sometimes God has to take you to a place to show you what he's already put inside of you. It's true. This is why we, brought, we took many of you over across to Malaysia to show you this, what was already inside of you. But obviously to know, obviously to learn other things. This is important that God has to make his dream known in you so you can make it known to others. But it only takes one person. Jonathan David's one man. Tony Higginson is one man. You are one person. 
No man's an island. But you can certainly have an effect. So as soon as it's made known to you, you can make it known to the wider people. As soon as, this, as, soon as Christ is revealed and the dream of the king or aspects of the dream of the king is made known, instantly, watch, instantly, that part of the dream that's been revealed instantly starts to reform the church. Christ, the dream of the king has to be made known so that the, so that the church can be reformed. The church will never be reformed if we don't constantly, continually keep downloading the dream of the king. Because the dream of the king is not just one thing. The more revelation, we can expand it. We can step into it. We're beginning to realize that the next part of the dream of the king is to go and create a discipleship school. That's just one aspect. That's not going to be the total vision. That's just one aspect. Then we'll go into other areas. Why? Because the moment... We stepped into discipleship. I said to Phil, the moment we step, we step into this, you watch what God does. Because you'll see we're serious. And now we're pursuing this. You watch other things will start opening up. People from different nations will start coming here supernaturally. Why? Because God's already getting the candidates ready for the school. You watch it. Some of you are going to get great opportunities to open up your homes and share and be part of this. You'll see the joy of the students. You'll see them transform. You're going to get a chance to play, to play mother and father into those kids, or those people, I should say, when they come. The Priscilla's and Aquilas are going to come online. Yeah, you thought we forgot about that, didn't you? No, no, no. Priscilla's and Aquilas will be needed. Why? Because some of these people will come and they need things explaining more adequately. So it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity. And then the, see, in Acts chapter 2, 42, watch this, as the dream of the king was made known to them, they devoted themselves. They and themselves devoted themselves to the apostolic teaching and to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Soon as the dream starts to be made known, something takes place in your heart. It begins to start moving people towards a direction. Then people willingly begin to submit themselves to different types of teaching. Hello? Watch this. When something's moving you, it moves you towards a teaching. You're moved by a teaching. So when you move towards a teaching, you stay there. Because that's what's clean. Okay? If the dream of the king is the dream of the king, and I say if, and you're moving towards it, God's waters are always clean. But what happens is, is that you start then dipping your toes in other waters. And then you bring the contamination over there into this water. Now, it doesn't mean to say that every other well that you go and listen to or drink is necessarily polluted, because not all wells are polluted. Not all wells are polluted. But the issue is, you can't say there's only your well that's clean. But you have a responsibility to find a clean well and stay there. Hello? There's many good ministries out there. I know that. I know that. I know there's many, 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 many good. But you know what? God's given me my well. 
So I know peace is in my heart. I don't have to keep drinking here and drinking there. But I, as a leader sometimes, I go and listen to other speakers. So I'm smart enough to know what to drink and how much I can drink. Doesn't mean to say I can only listen to one person, but at least I've got the wisdom now to know. But when you don't have the wisdom and you're not sure what your well is, you just keep drinking because you say, tastes good, tastes good, tastes good. You know, beer tastes good. Too much of it will kill you. True? So, are we ready to transform society? <laughs> well, thank you for your overwhelming. This kingdom is not about you. It's about him. He has an agenda to go and transform society. Right now, our nation needs it. Now, I know you all know that. But guess what? Don't keep saying, I know. God's looking at you. You're the material. Well, God, just, I pray, oh God, that you would just change our nation. That's not a wrong prayer. But God says, okay, I've heard your prayer, and today me, the Father, and the Holy Ghost have decided we're going to choose you. What? No, I'm just praying for the nation. Yeah, I know, we, and your prayers have come up as an incense, and we're fed up with your nonsense. So now we're going to use you. You're going to be the man to go in to those areas, and you're going to be our man on the ground, because we've heard you pray for the nation. Don't keep praying for the nation, and don't expect God to use you. <laughs> Somebody think, I'm not on my mouth again. Well, that might not be a, a bad thing to do. If you go to Ezekiel 37, verse 1, it said, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. Now, I don't know about you, but bones are dry, lifeless things. Yeah? He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones were very dry. So we keep hearing the word bones and dry. So you get a picture of the landscape. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And here's the polit political answer. Oh Lord, only you would know. Of course I know. But what do you see? Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So seeing and doing something are two separate things. We can all see that our nation is dry. We can all see our nation needs a miracle. But who are the ones who will prophesy? Who are the ones that the Spirit of God can flow through and you can be the mouthpiece to bring what's dry, barren and arid back to life? That is called a standard bearer. That's what God wants to use you in your work in your family, in your community, in your neighborhood. God, there are dry bones everywhere. There are dry bones everywhere. Do you know there are dry bones in here this morning? And, and I'm glad you acknowledge that because God wants to address that. God wants to address the dry bones that's inside the house. Think of this. When spirits are cast out, when spirits are cast out. So if David's demonically oppressed this morning and we cast the demon out of him, 
The Bible says that demon goes looking for dry, arid places. So let's say it leaves David and he finds one in Chris. Let's say there's a dry bone over here, as an example. It finds, it leaves David and it looks for a dry, arid place. Let's just say the dry, arid place is only next door to him. It's called his wife. It looks for a place. Are you that place? Ooh. But the kingdom says this. The kingdom loves to go where the dry, the barren places. And it loves to make the, the dry pools springs of living water. So the battle is for the dry, arid places. The battle is always for the dry, arid places. Our nation is dry. <coughs> Despite loads of water falling, our nation, spiritually, is dry. The church is not seen. It's amazing all the other faiths are heard. <coughs> what was that figure you gave me the other day, Phil? Stats, how many Muslims are in Britain? Two and a half million. That's all. But they talk like the 60 million. I thought that's, that doesn't sound right. I thought it was two million in Oldham. And out of that two million, how many of them are active? Only a small percentage. So out the kingdom, we say we're a Christian nation. Okay? Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say how many of that percentage of what they say makes up a Christian nation is actually active. Oh, there you go. That was a good sociology lesson, wasn't it? So the thing is, is the battle is for the dry places. So when God gives a name change to us, what do you think he wants to do? What did he say about our area? What was it historically prophesied over our nation, we were cursed that this would be a land of insignificance and nothing would ever good would grow. I'm sorry, right now, I'm slapping and laughing in the face of that curse. We're surrounded by water, a canal. However, it's not talking about physical rain, it's talking about nothing grow. When you send a word like that into the heavenly realms, you all of a sudden give an opportunity for spirits to gather. Dry, arid places. So the first thing we do when you're a kingdom prophetic church is to begin to moisturize the atmosphere. Make it wet, make it conducive. Open up the heavens. Yeah? So heaven's rain can fall. Now we've been hearing now for some years to my frustration. When we started our youth movement, we felt the word, God gave us the word deluge. And we saw all prophetic pictures of how there was, there was a wall holding back, but it was gonna, there was cracks in it. And, we've, and, we, and from time to time since then, we felt little trickles. And like little children, it was like, oh, water and a parched, dry land. And then Pastor Michael came. Only last year and talked about how there's an artesian well flowing through Manchester. And then Pastor Karen 
just, I just feel like the church has got an umbrella. Uh, sorry, a balloon. And it's just about to, to burst. You know, she does it in that little soft voice she has. It's like, for goodness sake, let me get a brush and burst the sucker. I'm fed up, I keep saying, I keep hearing trickles. Are you? But do you really know what it looks like when whoosh comes? Now they, these girls, had a move in their church some years ago. How long ago was it now? Two or three years? 2008. When the whole church got smashed with the Holy Ghost. Now we came, when Phil and I came into that, when we visited their church, it was like different. I'm going to say no more. It was different. It freaked Scott out. That's what really, that's when God got older Scott. Because even though Scott was wanting to stay dry, water had fallen on him. And he's wet and he thinks that if I stay away from it, I won't get wet or wetter. So when he comes Back, when Pastor Peter comes back here speaking in the church, Scott's still wet, but he thinks he's dry. So then he gets, bang. We're all laughing that night, laughing that God's got older Scott. Scott's thinking, I'm gone. So now Scott is in, and then a little of that water is put onto grace. This is how it happens. When heaven breaks out, it's uncontrollable, it's uncontainable. Man's not meant to control it. It's meant to lead the move and be a, a, be a voice in the move. And we keep hearing that God is going to absolutely bring that deluge. I'm still believing that God's bringing that deluge to us. So this week when I was talking, God, what do you want me to speak? He says, I want you to go back to the refreshing. Because the church, to see the kingdom come, it must start with a refreshing. God is going to start bringing back a refreshing back into the house. The Holy Ghost is going to start moving in a fresh way. And I don't want us to think about certain manifestations. I just want us to get our, our eyes on heaven. However God flows is his business. We will not orchestrate it. We will not organize it. We will facilitate. Facilitate the move of God. But we know it's already above us. We know that. Prophets have come and spoke to us. So it's our job to speak, to keep speaking into this dry, arid place so that this dry, arid place can become us a pool and spring of living water. Amen? Surely, something good can come from Drawsden. Drawsden on the map. Yes, I'm up for that. <coughs> so as, as this kingdom begins to hit our lives, we turn, we turn an oasis, a barren land, should say. We turn a barren land into pools of living water. Now we know the moment the Holy Ghost shows up, so do all the flakes. That's okay, because God's given us leadership, God's given us words, God's given us direction, God's given us stewardship, 
of how to keep the thing the main thing. We're able to root out the, the nutters, the flakes, because they'll come. And you see, in Acts 3.19, you'd have to go to it, just hear it, to hear it. It says, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and so that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. God is bringing repentance back into the house. Salvation, God is bringing back into his house. Because when the living waters begin to hit the earth, salvation begins to spring up. The tree of Tameside, last time I looked, all those people in the tree of Tameside are all need God. They're unsafe people. So there's got to be a repentance. So the altar has to be cleansed. Each night, people will be brought to the altar. The altar takes on a whole new significance. The song we sang this morning, Holy, Holy, it has to stay like that. There has to be an environment where God is made holy. You see, this lady in John chapter 4, verse 10, just go to it quickly if you will. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, John 4, 10, you would, you would have asked him and he would have given it to you. This, this lady's looking for living water. This, this lady's looking for something that is not available on the market. But it's carried in an individual life. Christ had to reveal himself to this lady. Because all this lady understood was, in a dry barren land, there's a well here where our fathers dug, and I know I can get water from here. And Jesus is talking about water. She won't have to come back to this well for the water she needs. But she thinks he's actually saying she won't need to come here with a bucket anymore. Christ has to be revealed so she'll change her behavior. Christ has to be revealed so this lady will change her behavior. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw the water with and the well is deep. No, lady, you're still not getting it. Where can I get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well to drink from it? He said, she, um, himself, as he did his sons and the flocks and herds. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him springs of living water welling up to eternal life. Something has to be revealed. Christ has to be revealed so that new living water can come to people. So when the coolness of water comes, it refreshes. Yes? When the coolness of the water comes, it refreshes people so that people then begin to thirst for more. There's not a thirsting of natural living water because we know the taps. We know where we can go and get supply. So we're confident and comfortable with the fact in our minds that the, the, the eternal, or should I say, the long-lasting uh, supply of water is found in our taps. And if we're that desperate, we could go and dip a bucket in the canal. If you were, if you were in a dry and barren land, that would be the first place you go in. That canal all of a sudden has a price on it. If you're in a desert. But when you drink the cool living water, there is a, a different kind of supply and demand because people now want this living water. 
It's our job to reveal Christ and give them a taste of this living water. Your job is to give them a drink from your flask. To give them a drink from your flask. Do you carry a flask with you? Not so much physical flask now. Don't, get in, don't end up becoming stuck like the work lady. So you carry an internal supply, a flask, that when you speak, you're actually giving someone a taste of the living water. That's what you need. Amen? And when the refreshing comes, the next stage comes, it's called cleansing. So you go from refreshing to cleansing. You know, church, there's great need to go beyond the external. We must go into the, God must come into the internal, private, insecure places of our lives. He must. Flesh, your flesh has to be stripped away. Ooh, ouch. And exposed so that an inward cleansing can take place. Your flesh, my flesh has to be exposed. We have to see it in God's light. When I see myself in the mirror, I see myself in God's light. As a worship, I see myself, I can surrender my flesh. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't, need, I won't have to get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go and call your husband. Oh, I'm talking about water. I'm talking about water. No, darling, what you didn't realize is I was setting you up. You honestly think I need a drink? No. I saw your flesh from afar. This whole conversation is leading me to the question I'm about to ask you now. Go and get your husband. Wow. He went, he went for her flesh. He went for her insecurity. This lady had had six or five husbands. Five! Wow. And then the bloke she was with was not her husband. I think this lady had internal issues with worth and value. She would have had some guilt and shame. She was a mobile confusion. There was things in this lady's life that all she's looking for something, that's why she went from relationship to relationship. And each one would have promised her something but could never deliver. And each time she went into a relationship, the next guy left her with problems. So she's just a concophony of mess. Emotional torment. So she's just going to keep going from man to man to man. Because there's something wrong in this lady. She's looking for love. How many of us are looking for love? She has no identity. She doesn't know who she is. And she's hoping that the, the man she's living with is going to speak those words of healing and health, but they're not coming. So it takes the seventh man, Christ, to speak to her, to put her right internally. So he now, he has to go onto, the, he has to come into the environment and speak something to her that no other man's spoken before. Why? Because he, is, he himself, he's not contaminated. He's fixed, he's healed. Well, he's not healed because he's Christ. He is the healer. But he's righteous, he's clean. He's got a right relationship with his father. 
He knows about love. He knows about identity. He knows about guilt and shame. He bore it on the cross. He's about to take her shame on the cross. So he's carrying wholeness and health in his life. So he can speak from that point. His river carries that dimension. Your river must carry that. Your river must carry healing. Your river river cannot carry the same contaminations that's in your office. If you're emotionally all over the place, how can you talk to somebody about Jesus can make you whole? You've got to be the demonstration. Declaring it's the easy part. Demonstrating it. Aha. So Christ has to step into this environment. In your environment, the river comes to give you a drink, brings repentance and cleanser. It's not just getting forgiveness, it's cleansing, it's dealing with it. It's cutting it off. So many people say, well, I went to the Lord privately. And that's good. You've repented, that's good. But guess what? You fool yourself because you think you dealt with it. If after all these years you carried this, why do you think that you can fix it? Repentance, it starts with repentance. Absolutely. That's something only you can do. And I can do. But... If I've got these problems and I've accumulated it, I need someone to undo me. Let's go back to the, the, uh, the picture that P- Phil gave us one morning of the chain that was in the knot. You know, I hate undoing knots. I won't put a pair of shoes on. If there's a knot on it, I give it to Carol. I just can't be mindful doing it. I'll cut the damn things off and put a new lace in before I'll sit there and undo a knot. I get so frustrated. That's the fruit of patience that needs to be born in me. I'm letting you know. I'll cut the damn thing. I ate it when you go to Asda and they tie the bag up. No, don't tie the bag up. Because I can't undo it. So when I get in, scissors. I'm not messing around with knots. But here's, that's what God has to do sometimes. Cut it so the whole thing's opened and exposed. Some of you have tried to undo that knot yourself and you can't do it. You got frustrated, so you leave it. So here comes God. Let's cut it. Let's get the whole thing open. That's why Hebrews talks about your word. It's come. It exposes. It's living. It's active. It divides. It cuts. It exposes joint and marrow. It's almost like the doctor saying, let's get at this thing. Let's see where the infection's really got in. You need people to help you. So you can keep repenting, but nothing changes. When Christ, who is your life, appears. Colossians 3, 4 says this. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. That's not talking about future. There can be no glory in your life if Christ is not allowed to appear. Hello? Hello? There can be no glory in your life if Christ is not given the opportunity to appear. So, the cleansing that's coming, we must give Christ the opportunity to appear. Hello, ladies, gentlemen. It's where we're going. The kingdom's coming. Woo! It's coming. I'm going to leave it there. So much I could say, as you know that. So much I won't say. So, I thank and praise you, O God. 
O my fathers, you have given me the wisdom and the power. You've made known to me what we asked of you. Are you able corporately to stand up and say, God, I thank you that you're making it known to our leaders and to me what we've been asking? Are you able to do that? Well, okay, then let's finish off the rest of what he said. Because you have made, no, you've made known to us the dream of the king. I thank you and praise you, O God, my father. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me. So there's some things that need to be made known to you. What we asked. So from what we asked, things will be made known to you. This is why a New Year's revelation, what we ask will be made known to you. So, you have made known to us the dream of the king. This dream of the king is still being unfolded. Every time we hear the word, every time we look at the walls are speaking out, different aspects are coming into our minds, our hearts. And we're getting little glimpses as we look in the scriptures. More and more we're seeing the picture begin to unfold. This is the year of new revelation. But it doesn't come if you sit idle. It only comes if you pursue it. Lord, open my eyes. Pastor's been telling us that you've made, you'll make known to us the dream of the king. Well, here I am, oh God. So you sit there and you wait and you go, mm, 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 nothing comes. He didn't say just sit there. He said, read, pray. As you pray, find your spirit ignited. You'll find you're praying things and you're hearing it. And you'll go, I'm going to write that down. It's good. Because faith comes by. I get more revelation as I'm praying. I'm thinking, I can't believe what my mouth's praying here. It sounds flipping good. I'm going, to, I'm going to copyright this. As I once heard. Yeah. I once heard it out of my mouth. As I read, I write down and go, wow, that's brilliant. Just little thoughts. Hits my spirit. Process. Little by little. Does that make sense? Little by little, the dream of the king, the kingdom comes, Christ is revealed. The church is reformed. Little by little, we'll transform. But right now, we're not in the season of transforming society. We're in the season of reforming. Hello? Let's not think we're, 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 we're there. That's where we need to be. So we've got, we've got to keep declaring that. But right now, let's be real. Where we are as a church, we're in the season of reforming. Christ is reforming the materials so that ultimately, once they are reformed, transformation's on. Okay? Let's stand to our feet, if we will. Just really quickly before we pray, Pastor Tony said about that there was a refreshing that needs to come to the church, yes? We remind you of a prophetic word. A spring will break out from this house that others will come to and drink from to be refreshed. It will be not be as Toronto, but it will be birthed here. And though it's birthed here, it will not just be from this house, but as the different houses that will come together, it will move from the church to the city. That was Clay Nash brought that word to us almost 20 years ago. But now we sit in a position where houses are coming together and God is moving and his word never returns back to him empty or void. But the preceding word will accomplish what he said he will accomplish. But from this house will be birthed a well that others will drink from.
but it will not just be from this house. But as houses come together, it will be birthed to take it from the church to the city. Almost 20 years. Whilst Pastor Tony was talking about Ezekiel, I couldn't find the I couldn't find the scripture, and uh, God just brought me to uh, a bit that I'd already marked out in my Bible some time ago, and He just said, "Read it again," and I tried to go carrying on, and He just kept saying, "Read it again." And basically, it was the word of the Lord came to me, said, son of man, uh, what is this proverb you have had in this land of Israel? The days go by and every version comes to nothing. Say to them that this is what the sovereign Lord said. I am going to put an end to this proverb and they are no longer going, um, no longer quote it in Israel. Say to them, the days are near when every vision will be fulfilled. And he just kept saying that the Proverbs that have been said, you know, the things that have been said over this house, the time, you know, of deluge coming, the time of the, 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 op- the heavens being opened above us is coming. We're not going to have to wait any longer. This is going to come to pass. His word is not going to be kept idle any longer that uh, the deluge is coming. He said, therefore, say to him, this is what the sovereign law says. None of my words will be any longer. They will be fulfilled, declares the sovereign Lord. Comes to be, has to come a time, you know, when God, when everything that God's been saying has to happen in someone's generation. It really does. And we mustn't be idle with what God's saying. We really mustn't. We have a rich inheritance we're building on the foundation of our fathers, our forefathers. You know, assemblies of God for all that it is and all that it isn't. It gave us good forefathers. It gave us good forefathers. And now God has always given this house fathers. Now, some of those fathers we didn't recognize until they're gone. And others, God has given us and we recognize who they are in our midst. But God establishes his work on, on fathers and forefathers. This nation has been established on the back of forefathers. Amen? But it's going to be continued on, on the back of fathers. True, it will. Because without fathers, our nation is a mess. Now, if the, if the church, if society has not got fathers and the church hasn't got fathers, do you expect the behavior of the church to be any different than society? So God must give the church fathers. And fathers keep speaking and speaking and speaking. And as they speak, they form. They form and reform the nature of people. Because as they speak, it's God's word. God's word has to get into the environment for God to work. And that environment is in your heart. So this morning, let's raise our hands as we close. And say, Father, say thank you for your word because your word is the material. Your word is the material. All things will happen because of your word. The rain that's in there. Father, it's not rain. We know it's not physical rain. It's word. As the word begins to penetrate through the darkness, your word becomes like water. Father, you're changing. We're taking back the dry, arid places. So take it back in me first. 
I'm ready, oh God, to receive a refreshing. I'm ready to be cleansed. I'm ready to be formed. I'm ready to be shaped. For this is the direction of for my life. Lord, I won't resist you any longer. I'm going to let your word shape me. I'm going to let your word have life in me. It's going to form me from the inside out. Father, I thank God that you have made known to me. You are making known to me. You're making known to us the dream of the king. So Father, right now, I thank you. Go on, just thank him for the dream of the king. He's slowly being made alive in you. You've been made aware of the dream of the king. It's demands. Oh, it sacrifices. Father, thank you. You are holy. Holy, holy. Oh, almighty God. Come on, church. Just, just touch him right now. <laughs> pray this prayer. Daniel chapter 2. Read that chapter this week. Begin to pray. Pray that. Lord, I'm going to be your Daniel. I'm going to speak. You're going to speak to me. You're going to make known to me the dream of the king. I'm going to release it into my environment. Give me the word to speak to my friends, my peers, my neighborhood. Give me that word, oh God. I'm going to make known to others that which you've made known to me. Lord, give me the boldness to do it. Get me ready, oh God. Build me. Get my heart ready, oh God. Get, my, get the boldness and courage inside of me ready. I want you to pray that prayer, if you will, this week. Read Daniel chapter 2. Just stay in Daniel chapter 2 and just say, Lord, oh God, get me. Get me to this place where I can hear and receive the word. I can get it sharp and clear in my spirit before I go and deliver it. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, the people of God said, Amen, Amen the living creatures. Amen. Amen. <laughs>